On today's show, we're going to be talking with Giadora, and some of you may remember her for her debut single last year, Twisted, which was very infectious. Uh, that's one I still like to listen to. Well, she's back with a new single called One Last Thing, and we're going to talk about that. Maybe about, oh, wrapping up the summer and what she's going to look forward to this fall. So welcome to the show, Giadora. Hi, how are you? Good, good. You know, what's kind of funny is we last uh, talked about a year ago when you were on the show, and I can't believe so much time has gone by. I know. It's crazy. I've I've had so much time to work on a lot of new stuff um, and contemplating what I'm wanting to put out. But I was I was so excited about this new song that I felt like this was perfect to kind of do an annual summer song. So... Yeah, one last thing was perfect for this time. Well, what was the response to Twisted? I mean, you've had almost a year since then. I mean, what what's what's your yeah. life been like? You know, have you been able to perform since then? What's been going on? Well, you know, all of our lives have been pretty unordinary lately. <laughs> um, so I I was going to start doing a lot more performances, but you know, COVID prevents a lot. Um, but I have been doing online live streaming, doing sessions, doing concerts, all that. Just trying to put my music out as much as I can. Mostly just doing a lot of recording, a lot of new creation here and there. So, yeah, that's kind of been my life this past year. But the debut single was something I was really proud of and something that was very exciting to me. Well, you're, you've been very industrious, you know, taking advantage of, you know, YouTube videos and just, you know, connecting to your fans through Instagram. Yes. Uh-huh, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're really good at Instagram. I mean, you're, you're so of that, you know, generation. You're just, you know, tailor-made for Instagram. Is that where you communicate to a lot of your fans <laughs> through? Um, definitely. I, I definitely grew a bunch on TikTok, too. I mean, it kind of is just one of those platforms that as soon as you go viral, you get heard. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for the little fan base that I do have. Um, there's a lot of very young girls that look up to me, and I try and just be the best role model possible for them. Um, but, yeah, definitely Instagram, social media, all that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of important nowadays. You got to interact with your fan base somehow. So I love it. It's like the perfect place for me to do all of that. Well, you make it seem so effortless. And I think when a lot of young women see you, (laughs) they think, oh, I just, you know, a cool Instagram account and, you know, some good music software. And, you know, I can be a pop star too, but you've really paid your dues, you know. Anyway, Uh, yeah. So give a little crash course. I mean, you know, how, how did you pay your dues? Did you always grow up singing? What, what's your musical life been like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my whole life. I mean, from even before I could speak, I was singing. Um, I started off with um, Over the Rainbow. That song was my go-to from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah, ever since then, it's just been a part of my life. I, you know, I... Here and there, I wanted to do writing, and then I incorporated uh, songwriting into the mix, and I found my place and my calling. <laughs> I cannot imagine doing anything else. It's 
all me. <laughs> now you wrote one last thing. I did. Yes. So um, what inspired that? Oh, okay. Funny enough. So sometimes I don't know where I get inspired to write songs from. I mean, it comes out of nowhere sometimes. Um, this particular situation, though, I watched the movie La La Land one night, and I don't know what it was, something about quality of it. Um, it's just, it's a fairy tale, basically. And the next day, I wrote a song just inspired by it completely. I found this incredible beat and just fell in love with it. Um, so if you go watch the movie La La Land, it might make a little bit of sense to you, or you might get some of the um, influence for the song. <laughs> well, that's not a bad way to be inspired because it sounds like I it know. could go full circle, <laughs> and then maybe a movie will want to use like one last thing, you know, on their soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's a very relatable song as well. I mean, it touches going through a breakup and. Most people know what it's like to go through a breakup and how you both still have that one last thing, that kind of closure in a sense. Um, so, I mean, definitely was inspired by that movie. And, you know, like you said, it would be great because soundtracks love that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I hope it's not like a Taylor Swift thing. Like you, you go through, you know, so many breakups so you can have more material to write songs all the time. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it's not it's not very fun to go through that, but you know, I like to write music that is relatable and that a lot of people can understand or I mean at least try to understand. Um so, you know, I feel like with this song it's it's interesting. It's kind of a pop and summery vibe, but the meaning behind it is very it's very deep. You know, and it, it kind of touches base on what people go through during that time and how it's just like a release, you know. But, well, your song yeah. Twisted was kind of like that because on the surface it had a really it nice was. groove, <laughs> almost danceable. But when you listen to yeah, the lyrics. Kind of... What was that? I was going to say like Twisted, you know, is really kind of like a, almost a dance groove on the surface. But the lyrics were very serious. It was very heartfelt. It was, yes. I mean, Twisted, when I wrote that, was very, I wrote it as a piano song. And so it was very um, solemn in a way. It was very melancholy. And then when I added the beat to it, it just completely changed it. And it was, I don't know. It's incredible how it came together. But yeah, it was definitely a pop song with those those deep lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. We had great pattern, production. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And the production on, um, of that position was incredible. So, on one last thing, did you kind of work with the same crew or did you um, work with some new people this time? So, with one last thing, it was a total pandemic song. I found the production, um, recorded it in my room, <laughs> um, wow. you know, and then sent it off and we made magic with it. Kind of just came together. Um, everything was done pretty much from my house as much as I could. Um, 
So, yeah, this time it was a little bit of a different situation, but, you know, I like finding new ways to adapt to it all. <laughs> so it worked out pretty well. So I'm curious, you know, since, you know, a year since the last single, how more sophisticated do you think you are in the studio now? You know, how much more do you bring to it? I mean, it's it's almost like the same. It's it's interesting because ever since I stepped in this, into a studio about 10 years ago, I just felt oh, at wow. home. I love mm-hmm. being in the studio. It's a comfort place for me. I just, I don't know, I feel like I can let go. Um, and so definitely getting into the studio more and more here and there. Um, and I don't know. It's I, it's like a second home to me. I love it. <laughs> it's always been it's always been that way for me. I mean, do you like wearing the producer hat? Do you like directing what goes on in the studio? I, <laughs> I definitely like knowing what's going on. Um, you know, I feel like it's good to be aware of what you're doing. You almost have to be a control freak in a sense when it comes to music, if you want it to be a certain way. So, Definitely, I like to um, take charge, you can say, of certain situations. But I also really love when producers and other people come into the mix and throw in their ideas. You know, it just it comes together really well at the end. Well, when the quarantine eases up a bit, do you have any people that you're planning on collaborating with? Um, at the moment... I am just working on stuff myself, but I mean, I'm in talks with a couple people. I did do a collaborative project recently called Run For Your Life with Chase Chaplin, um, and that was really, it was kind of a lo-fi kind of quality to it, and I loved that. But yeah, I'm still, we're still, we're still figuring stuff out at the moment. You know, I think I saw that on your Spotify channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it came out literally um a month before or no. A couple weeks before my song came out. So it was kinda close timing. Well, right before uh one last thing, I, I hope I got the timing right. So naive, another single came out uh just before one last thing. Yeah, so naive came out back in February, the very end of February. Um and that that song was really cool. It was kind of a slower kind of vibe, um, more techno kind of vibe to it. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, that came out, and then I was pushing for this song to be released. But it, it, I feel like it felt better for a release during the summertime. Also, mm-hmm. there was just so much going on in the world that I mm-hmm. kind of felt like there needed to be a little bit of a break and a little bit of attention being put onto certain um, things going on. <laughs> um, and so I felt like putting out one last thing around this time was the best time. Well, Naive, in retrospect, was very appropriately titled because in February that was like our last little window of time <laughs> before the quarantine hit. And we, <laughs> we kind of all were naive back then, weren't we? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. There is definitely plenty of timing for that song to come out. <laughs> um, yeah, and well, one I, thing I, I like. Of, realize. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, one thing I like about, you know, you is, you know, your style, you're definitely the full package, both music, you know, you're into fashion style. And it was so cool with Naive, you made a really neat uh, artwork for it with this really special eye makeup. How did all that come about? (laughs) Well, yeah, because, you know, I tied in Naive to being a clown, you know, you're clowning yourself. Um, And... So I kind of wanted to do a very pretty clown makeup, not to the full extent, but um, just to kind of like make it look a little glam in a sense. So I went with the, the um, what is it, under the eyes, around the eyes, all of that. I was also very inspired by the movie Joker at that time. I had oh, seen okay. that like over and over again. <laughs> Maybe I can see the influence. You can see the pattern. <laughs> see, when you put stuff like that on Instagram, your fans must eat that up because that's what, you know, Instagram's oh, made for it. artwork. Yeah. Oh, they love it. You, yeah. No, totally. So I think I asked this last time we talked, but you seem like the type of person that, you know, you're an in- Influencer in, in a way on Instagram, and I would just think that more brands would approach you and say, "Hey, you know, will you do a collab with us?" I mean, here and there, I do get brands. Um, it it depends, though. I'm I'm a little picky when it comes to that kind of thing, um, but I mean, we'll see. It's it's kind of a it's a weird situation being on Instagram and being an influencer and all that. I mean, they, they love the numbers. They count the numbers. Um, but I mean, we'll see within the coming years within the coming months, even what is presented mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would just think with your glamorous, you know, uh, Joker makeup that like Mac cosmetics <laughs> would want to collab with you. Oh, I mean, that would be the dream. I would love that. Um, I love Mac, too. I've used Mac since I was in sixth grade. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. That would be really cool. Um, but well, I if mean, you put it out there, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you put it out to the universe, it comes to you. I am a firm believer of that. But I'm surprised, and maybe it's just because of the quarantine, but since you are so stylish and have such a, a, a unique design sense, that you would, you know, make uh, incredible music videos. It'd be so cool to see more of that that yeah. style realized. So we had planned on doing a music video for Naive, um, and then, you know, COVID came about, and kind of stopped the production from happening, unfortunately. Um, But I'm definitely wanting to do music videos. That's something that I'm so, so passionate about. I have so many ideas for all of that. Creatively, I love film. I love entertainment in that sense. So, um, yeah, that's something that I'm definitely working towards. It's just, unfortunately, a tricky time right now. I think it was last fall. I remember seeing on your YouTube channel, you did some uh, cover videos where you um, sang some of your favorite songs by other artists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely. A couple of years ago, I actually put it together um, just to kind of show how I sing live, this and that. 
Um, I'm definitely going to start doing more of that kind of content coming up just to kind of, you know, spice things up, keep things going a little bit. Um, so you, you can have that to look forward to. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are, those are definitely some of my favorite songs that I say. (laughs) Well, I think fans like that because you always want to know what inspired your favorite artists. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, those songs that I sing, I still sing. (laughs) I'm still inspired by those Mm -hmm. songs. Um, and those artists, what they have done. You know, I mean, Post Malone and Songs Stay by him, it's just one of my all-time favorites. And just all of his music, I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, well, I think last time we talked about, you know, who inspired you, but I'm always curious, you know, it's not just your childhood influences or people you heard growing up, but even since then, not current music, but do you ever discover older music or even music that came out before you were born? Like, you know, some from the 60s, 70s, oh, 80s. Yeah. Do you ever get turned on to that and think, wow, that you know, I really connect with this artist? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel connections to a lot of late 60s artists. Um I, I've definitely connected to like Janis Joplin. Her kind of music just stands out. Um, and then also going into kind of the more jazzy portion, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, going to Etta James. It's it's all been an influence to me. And I'll look back time to time, you know. And recently, I've been kind of going back to more like '80s and listening mm-hmm. to The Smiths and Morrissey. Um, and uh, the Velvet Underground, those groups, I don't know. Something about them, like, connects to me a lot. Uh-oh, you're going to go down the Smiths and Morrissey rabbit hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little indie alternative, perhaps. <laughs> we'll see. They're fun because they've, they've got a lot. I mean, Morrissey put out a ton of solo stuff. So you're oh, gonna... he put out so much. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, I have a soft spot for the '80s, so hey, I'm I'm all for that. So, go yeah. for it. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. Just go kind of sound. The the band's band is all great. <laughs> well, since you're from the LA area, I have to mention. Uh, have you heard uh, much X? Remember the band X from the early '80s? I have not. Well, see, now no. go to YouTube when we're done here. Immediately go to YouTube, look up <laughs> X. You always have to put like X the band so that they come up. But that was like John Doe and Xine mm-hmm. Cervenka. And um, you might huh. like their style because they, um, they brought, uh, I think, a, a real freshness to the L.A. sound in the late 70s, early 80s. Interesting. I mean, I probably have heard of them. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just forgetting, but I love taking recommendations, so I will definitely go and check that out after this interview. Well, how open are you to other genres of music? Because you have a real smooth contemporary sound, but do you want to incorporate other musical styles into your recording? Definitely. I mean, I definitely want to be cross-genre. Um, because I love creating, you know, I've done pop predominantly, um, but I, I really love 
indie alternative. Uh, I love doing folk. I love doing R&B. Um, all kinds of styles. And I kind of want to just mess around a little bit, you know? Um, so, I mean, definitely the stuff that's going to be coming out is going to be a different kind of style, a little bit more softer, um, a little bit more piano kind of jazzy vibes. So, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Kind of little Alicia Keys. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, a little bit more like Green Bailey Ray, uh, Lauren Hill kind of style. Okay. So, well, yeah. you mentioned late 60s, so you must be a Joni Mitchell fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> does, does I she mean, inspire I've, I've your... heard of her before. Um, definitely. I, I definitely grab on to some of the groups from them. I mean, obviously, the Beatles, a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that that might be just the biggest for me. A lot of UK groups I grab on to a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, as a songwriter, too, you know, that's a whole other thing. One thing, you know, from the performance angle, you know, who you like to listen to, but just from the songwriting point of view, you know, do you ever discover someone and go, oh, you know, just all all these songs I love, you know, you trace them back to and discover a new songwriter. Does that ever happen to you? Um, I mean, sometimes. Sometimes, I mean, there's there's been, like, a few songwriters that I've just been constantly inspired by. I mean, it changes up, but I've definitely always been inspired mostly by, like, Alex Turner from The Arctic Monkeys, Amy Winehouse, Adele. Um, I don't know, something about mm-hmm. their work really grabbed onto me. And I've I've always taken, you know, I look at, the way that things are phrased and how it's almost like poetry. And I really love that style. I noticed that Halsey does that a lot too. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like Halsey and I are very similar within our writing styles. Um, I've had songs that I've written that are like almost identical to hers. It's crazy, but yeah. So she would definitely be someone that I'm very relatable to during this time and her writing is just incredible. And it's not that you want to be pigeonholed, but it does help, you know, when you tell people in the press or wherever and you, they say, well, who are you? And you say, well, you know, I, I'm a little like Halsey or I've got, you know, kind of the same wavelength mm-hmm. of, as Halsey, but, and then, you know, how you're different, but it's like people always want yeah. to, you know, put you in a, in a little box, which is not, at least it's a starting point to say, hey, I really respect Halsey. I think we're on the same wavelength, but here's how I'm different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I, I'm i very much pop. I'm, I think I'm more pop than Halsey. Halsey really gets really, really into her poetry, um, and I think a little bit more commercial than her. But I do see a lot of similarities, and I do have a lot of songs that – you know, are kind of close in ties with her, but definitely want to be as different as possible. <laughs> well, would you like another 80s recommendation to listen to? Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> well, you've probably already heard of this person. I, I'm so old, I'm so out of touch with what younger people listen to. But 
You've heard of Sade, haven't you? Oh, of course. I love Sade. Uh, everyone. Because when you said jazz and then, you know, your smooth delivery, she just seems like, you know, the, the expert at that. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. I mean, her voice is the definition of smooth. Yes. And I think the um, one, one thing I like about her and hopefully, you know, any aspiring singer, you know, to look at people who their songs are still played on the radio, you know, 30 years later, which, you know, her music still gets played. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, she is iconic. <laughs> she will forever be. <laughs> so is that your goal? I mean, can you imagine, you know, hearing one last thing on the radio 35 years from now? That would be, I mean, that would be crazy if it got to that, if it got to that point. I mean, that's obviously, that's something that whenever you write a song and you put something out, you think about, you know, is, okay, what's the longevity of this song? Um, And I would hope that this song could be a classic and a ground for a long time. But, you know, I also kind of just put out whatever makes me happy, whatever I feel and whatever comes from it is what comes from it. So, I mean, definitely if it was played 30 years from now, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> but we'll, see. well, do you think to get the kind of success you want, do you think it's inevitable at some point you'll have to put a band together? I mean, perhaps for performing purposes. I'm still figuring out exactly how I want to perform. Um, at the moment, it's probably going to be more acoustic based, uh, just because I'm somewhat starting out with the performances and I feel like I want to be very intimate with my performances at the moment. Um, but definitely down the line, going to have to think about all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a lot of time to think as we all have for the quarantine. And I think so many people doing a lot of soul searching right now, you know, they're kind of, I think, waiting to see how's the music industry going to change going into the next year. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of everything that's happened, it's something that's definitely been on my mind. I mean, I watched a video recently um, where a guy was saying that the music industry has been through ups and downs. It's been through situations like this before and it always bounces back somehow. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of staying hopeful with that. <laughs> um, I, or I definitely am staying hopeful with that. Um, but, you know, right now it's, it's a rough time for all industries, I feel like. And, you know, I think we're going to make it out of this okay, though. We're going to find a way through it. <laughs> so I, I'm definitely very hopeful. Well, you know, going back to the, you know, the young women who, you know, look at you as a role model and think, oh, I want to be a pop singer like Giadora. But mm-hmm. isn't one element that they never really think of when you're an independent artist? You know, you're doing everything yourself. You're, you know, defining mm-hmm. your career by yourself. You know, what's that hidden side mm-hmm. where, you know, if you don't have, you know, the world's biggest record label behind you, and, you know, the power mm-hmm. of that, and you're just doing so much yourself. You know, what would yeah. you share with some of these young artists of, 
all the hidden things that you're doing that they don't see you doing. Yeah, I mean, it really takes practice and it takes effort and it takes just being brave. Um, just kind of going out there, doing what feels right to you. A lot of a lot of young girls will ask me, you know, because they kind of want to get into music. They like singing. They're where I was when I was 14 and I was starting out. And I just tell them, do what feels the most comfortable to you. Do what feels right to you. If you want to write, write what you're feeling. Write what you see in the world. Um, and, I, I, you know, I always tell them to follow your dream as much as you can because there's so many people that just want to bring it down and just want to crush it. And, you know, you got to get through that. <laughs> if it's something that you love and something that you know that you have to do for yourself, then I, I push that as much as I can to them. You know, for so many people, it's just about getting the attention of a big record label. Like that's, you know, they think that's the jackpot and everything Definitely. is to try that. But are there other ways to be successful? I, in my belief, being unique, being unique is the best thing to do. Um, because, you know, there's so many people that are just doing the same thing. There's so many people that sound exactly the same, but it's what makes you different. You know, being yourself, everyone is different in their own way. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of the defining factor, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what well, labels not, like to mm -hmm. see. <laughs> well, and not to put down other artists, but is it sometimes frustrating when you hear hits on the radio and you think, yeah, mm -hmm. they're okay, but we've heard that a million times, or yeah, that kind of sounds yeah. overproduced, you know, or it's more about the beats and the groove and not so much the original melodies. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. It, I've, I've noticed that a lot too. Um, you know, you kind of get into a pattern and you want to, you want to do what sells for a lot of time. Um, I don't know. I think that way. It's definitely, you have to think that way if you want to be successful, but also, Doing what makes you unique is the most important thing in my opinion. I mean, do you ever think, oh, I'll partner with, you know, a hot DJ that's got the sound and, you know, I'll I'll churn out a quick number one dance hit. You know, I think a lot of people get lured into like the quick thinking, oh, yeah. if I just sound like what's <laughs> popular now. I mean, it's definitely fun yeah. to do. Oh, I, I mean, I've done a dance song before. They're, they're very fun to do. Um, but, yeah, people kind of just get sucked up into that, definitely. Um, I mean, if, if the writing for some of these dance songs is there and it makes a difference, then, like, that's pretty cool, in my opinion. <laughs> I like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I know what you mean, definitely. Right, because once there's, like, a sound out there, then you hear – you know, 50 kind of copycat songs that have the same kind of instruments and sound, but not really a lot of, you know, melodic songwriting behind it. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, exactly. It's kind of just, it's a commercial kind of writing in the sense. Mm -hmm. And is it sometimes frustrating if you're out there 
really trying to be a songwriter with lyrics that matter to you and, you know, really digging deep into your life for your songwriting? Do you just ever feel like, gosh, this whole pop music thing, you know, it's almost contrary to wanting to be an artist? I mean, yeah. And I mean, that's what I think makes me somewhat different is because I like doing pop songs. I think they're fun, but my writing is very, it's, it's very poetic in a sense. Um, And so I, I like to think that that's what makes me a little bit different. A lot of people, when I, when I hear reviews or I hear critiques or whatnot, it, they go straight to the lyrics and, you know, the lyrics are very strong right there. So I kind of like to think that my storytelling is there. <laughs> oh, here's someone you should listen to, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan? Oh, I know Bob Dylan. I've heard his music a lot. See? Uh-huh. No, his Cuz his his he's a very influential lyricist. No, definitely. See, oh yeah. And it almost seems like to break out of the pack, you not only have to do something meaningful, but like you're saying, be unique, but also create something new. I mean, do you think, you know, yeah. since you're open to other genres, do you think you're almost pushing to, you know, your own unique style? I hope so. I mean, that's that's definitely my goal. I mean, like like I said, I pretty much do just whatever feels comfortable to me. And what I really like and you know if other people like it too then the goal and that's even better (laughs) but um, yeah you know I I kind of try and be unique as possible well we're going to wrap up in a bit not super bit but in a bit uh, and I, I have to think of some really intriguing questions for you for our final heat of of the uh, interview but before we do, uh-huh. as always, I uh, want to make sure people know where to find you online and where to find your music. Yeah. I mean, you can find me on all platforms. My name is Giadora. Um, and I'm on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to music, I'm there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Here's here's what I want to wrap up with some some deep meaningful question put you on the spot here a little bit. So I know you're oh boy. <laughs> you're like the poster girl for you know West Coast L.A. area kind of you know L.A. glamour and all that, which is great. And you know L.A. has such a yeah. cool vibe. I'd say on you know the plus side is the. You know, there's some earthy, grittier artists. I think nowadays, I think there's a little tarnish with like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or, and and I don't put down the Kardashians, but I think a lot of people think, oh, <laughs> L.A., it's so, what's the word? So glossy and. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Not, not that it doesn't have any meaning, but I think the press just likes to, I think, put down L.A. a little bit as maybe it's a little superficial at times. Is that a, a good word? It definitely can be. <laughs> Very so much I guess so. my question <laughs> to you is, being, you know, 
a child of, you know, L.A. and California and, you know, the good parts of that. What's it like, you know, when you're pigeonholed in that, when they say, oh, you know, Giadora, yeah. You know, they assume, you know, you're a, a Beverly Hills girl and, yeah, what have you gone through, you know, to have a gritty life and to write about gritty lyrics? You know, well, what do you think when people think, oh, you know, incorrectly when they think, oh, you've just had it so easy and, you know, L.A. is its own kind of bubble. You know, what do you know about New York and the Midwest and, you know, the gritty parts of life? You know, how, what do you say back yeah. to that of, you know, well, you're not in a bubble, but there's that perception that people out there are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely have lived. I'm very blessed to have lived the life that I have lived. I do acknowledge that constantly. Um, I mean, my life is not anywhere near perfect. I feel like everyone deals with their own situations, you know, and not to discount one or the other. But, you know, we've we've gone through times, my family and I, you know, it's if you don't live very comfortably in LA, it can be it can be very tough. Um, so, you know, growing up, I've kind of managed living in a certain kind of lifestyle where it's not the glitz and glam, you know, it's, it's real life. Um, and for me, you know, I'm a very emotional kind of person, you know, I love relationships with people. I love, love (laughs) and caring about people. Um, I've always been very passionate in that sense. And so I kind of reflect that within my writing more so, um, you know, and everyone goes through their own things and I mean, yeah, some are worse than others, but I definitely kind of try to reflect more on the emotional aspects that I've gone through in my life within my writing. (laughs) Well, if you were able to, you know, give a new face to the L.A. and West Coast sound. You know, what's the image you'd like to put out there? Because I remember, you know, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, the whole L.A. thing had more of, you know, the, the hippie feel, the carefree. Oh, yeah. Let's well, go to the yeah, West Coast. <laughs> yeah, it had a very, you know, it was all about freedom and, you know, taking your time, you know, taking it slow, going out and surf and, you know, spend a few days with friends and just, you know, party on the beach yeah. and not worrying about, <laughs> you know, what kind of designer handbag everyone owned. It was just build a bonfire on the yeah. beach, have fun with friends. Yeah. I mean, do you think there's a way to yeah. strike you a know, new balance? I wish you could go back to that because I love that. <laughs> I mean, I look back on it all the time and I just wish that it could be like that. Um, you know, LA LA is like a fairy tale in a way. You know, you come here and it's like a total vacation. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. Um, And it's real and it's awesome, Um, you know, but I definitely, I think that it's, it's gravitated more to being very superficial. And I really wish that I could kind of get back to the roots of where a lot of musical elements came from, you know, like what you were expressing just now. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of try to perceive myself that way in a sense. I'm a very 
go with the flow kind of person. I love the hippie vibe. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though I like to be kind of classy, and I, you know, I am an LA girl, so you know, it comes <laughs> hand in hand. But I, yeah, if I could go back in time and you know bring it here to today, I definitely would. Because it just seems like there is such a rich music history from L.A. and such a big variety. Yeah, very much so. And you said you like, you know, the British bands, but even, you know, in the early 80s, there are a lot of great L.A. new wave bands. And there's just been different phases, you know, glam rock in the 70s and just whoever, you know, it just takes one person or one group to kind of stand out and create something new. And suddenly a lot of other people want to be part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Billie Eilish is from L.A. actually. Um, and she kind of has okay. like that that quality to her, too. You know, um, I feel like it's it's kind of rare to find a lot of artists that are from L.A. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Billie I don't know. Eilish it's, is a good example. Yeah, she, oh, she, yeah, she's a great example. She's almost like the anti-Kardashian. <laughs> she really is. I love her. I think she. I think she's great. I love her style, everything. Well, also too, um, maybe it's just that in LA, there's such a pressure for everyone to appear perfect. Definitely. Definitely. That's, I mean, that's almost been like a a main thing here. And, you know, kind of growing up, I've noticed that more and more. And it didn't really seem that way when I was younger, but something about it, you know, and I, I'm the type of person where I just want you to be genuine. I just want you to be you. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I don't really put up with a whole lot that some people will give off to me. And, you know, I'm very picky, therefore, with the people that I, I let in my circle. Because <laughs> L.A. is full of a lot of those types of people. <laughs> and just for people who don't understand that, who maybe live in, let's say, Montana, yeah. I mean, what what is that pressure to grow up, you know, in a big West Coast city, L.A., and just feel like, you have to wear the right clothes, know the right people, make the right amount of money, yeah. have the right handbag. I mean, does it ever just feel... I mean... What was that? I, I, does it ever just feel overwhelming? You know, for for a young woman to grow up in L.A. with all the pressures of conformity, fitting in, status, Instagram even, you know, that everyone's life is just under this... Magnifying glass of social media. Definitely, definitely, there is somewhat of a pressure just because there's so many people here that are just, you know, have made it already. Um, I see people all the time. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it can get to you a little bit. I try not to, though. I try not to let it get to me. I kind of just try and be my own person um, with a lot of it. And, you know, I think it's, I, I love being surrounded by it, to be honest. I've kind of grown up to really accept it and kind of push me and motivate me in a sense. Um, you know, I, I see like the houses in the hills and I'm like, oh, 
that's what I want one day. <laughs> you know, when you're surrounded mm-hmm. by things, it, it motivates you more and more. Um, so, yeah, I, well, that's a good I point. haven't really taken it. And, yeah, I haven't taken it in, in such a bad way. In fact, I, I feel rather blessed I am because, you know, it's, it's really cool. Um, I think the only thing is it's, it's a little bit harder to grow in such a big city, especially with the, the kind of people that are here. <laughs> well, you know, I was talking to a rapper yesterday and, you know, in, in the rap hip hop world, you know, it's all about street cred. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that just happens organically, you know, in, in that genre, that world. But I'm wondering in yeah. your world, in the pop world, what what is your version of street cred? You know what I mean when you're you know, comparing yourself or with other artists or with people you're collaborating, and what's that unspoken like street cred? Or you know how 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 do you prove to each other you've paid your dues and you know deserve your spot on the pop music charts? I've never even really thought of it that way. I kind of think that. In my opinion, it's more about supporting one another and trying to push for each other's growth. I mean, that's what I've done. A lot of people that are in the same position as me and starting out, a lot of my friends that I have in my life, you know, I'm just, what can I do to push you? Like, what can I do to help you? And they do the same thing for me. You know, we all want the same thing. We're all pushing for the same goal. So it's almost... In a sense, I think with pop music and song, songwriting like this, that's pretty much what my world is like. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, and in giving some support to L.A., kind of like what you were saying is the flip side is when you are in a, a, a big city, a successful town surrounded by successful people, that does cause you to up your game. And that can be a very good thing. Uh, and it's not just that they're successful, but because they have talent, they have a work ethic, they've applied themselves in a meaningful way. It sounds yeah, like that's definitely. the good side of growing up in that environment. Like you do have a lot of good, successful role models. Oh, yeah. I mean, my number one role model is definitely my mom. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's she's worked her butt off to get me where I am to get my family where we are and I mean I look at her and I want to be just like her I mean she doesn't do music she does marketing but I see the work ethic that she has and I want to apply that to my music as much as I can because she she works so hard (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know and being here you got to work 10 times harder so I definitely, yeah, she's definitely my biggest role model. <laughs> and that's really good because, you know, everyone does need a role model. And, you know, to get it from a parent, that's just about the best possible yeah. scenario. That was so special, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to wrap up here and give you the last word. Not you haven't had a lot okay. of good words already, but you've been a great sport <laughs> and, you know, I don't know how I got on the L.A. topic, but I, I just am fascinated because mm-hmm. I love, you know, the L.A. music and, you know, all the, all the yeah. Kardashian talk aside, I mean, L.A. is a beautiful town and there's a lot of, you know, 
very influential artists there. And I think, you know, the art still lives. That's what I want to see. I guess that's my personal thing. You know, I still want it to be a place for artists like you who can emerge and not just this big corporate entity. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get it there. <laughs> You'll get it there. Yeah, you know, the music industry changes. I I believe that we'll get it there. <laughs> well, for your final word here, since you mentioned your mom is your role model, um, and I think a lot yeah. of you know your fans and people hearing this would be very interested to hear your take on, especially a woman in the in, in the industry you're in. How important is it to have you know female role models? And to actually being able to role model, you know, women who have already, you know, achieved success, especially working out there and kind of, you know, the world's tough at times. And just how, how has that helped you to see such a strong role model in your mother? I mean, I think girls within the industry and, you know, just within life have always been put down and I mean my mom has stories she's told me at times that she's you know deserved way more than she has got you know working so hard and being where she is and that a lot of people just didn't want to see her grow and I take that and I want to put pressure on that (laughs) I, I don't want that to be a norm I want to get past that um, and so in my opinion, I don't think, I mean, I, this, I feel very strongly about this. I feel like girls should not put themselves in a box. I feel like they have so much more going on for them than they sometimes think, you know, girls are so powerful and they run a lot of, they run a lot more than people think. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I feel very strongly about that stance. And I just, I think it's so important to, to just know as much as you can and fight it, you know. And what's the best business advice your mother ever gave you? Um, probably keep looking over things as much as you can <laughs> and get as much advice from people you trust. You know, um, so I definitely, I'm very, um, I pay a lot of attention to things. I don't let things just kind of slip me by, or at least I try not to. You always try your hardest not to. Sometimes they do, but definitely would be that. Well, her name is Giadora. The new single is (laughs) One Last Thing. I so appreciate being able to talk to you again. Next time, it, we have to not oh, wait for a whole year. <laughs> Hopefully, All right. it'll be sooner. <laughs> All right. Well, the next time we talk, we can talk about X, because I know you're going to listen to them and be very inspired. Oh, yeah. I will turn them on right now. <laughs> All right. Well, take care and enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much. You too, Kelly. 